begin these fighter subclass deep dives this this time i organized it eric i organized it alphabetically i don't know is that upset you or alphabetical good no that's how i've been doing it <laughs> so i've been having to <laughs> switch but like oh, oh finally <laughs> finally we're on like yeah like this makes sense to me we're gonna yeah. do it alphabetically uh which means we have to start with the a's uh which fighter has in the arcane archer oh boy they have one. Uh, this is from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. They wanted it to be like this, I guess, this fighter that summons like a spectral bow, right? So it says, an arcane archer studies a unique elven method of archery that weaves magic into attacks to produce supernatural effects. Arcane archers are some of the most elite warriors among the elves. So it seems like a lot of that they have to be elves, but like... No yeah, but this is like, but you don't have to be an elf. You don't have to be an elf, but you definitely studied with the elves. Uh, <laughs> they stand watch over the fringes of elven domains. Yeah, so it goes on and on about more elven stuff. Over the centuries, the methods of these elf archers have been learned by members of other Which races. Can, oh, now we mentioned other races. Other races, yeah. <laughs> well, and so that that can be a pretty cool backstory thing. You know, sure. we're, we're already talking bad about this because this class is bad. But um, hey, we didn't say that yet. I did. Um, <laughs> but it is it is like a pretty cool concept where it's like right. I studied with the like this elite military group that the like nobody else knows about and we're just like here in imbuing magic in our arrows. Yeah. Third cool. level I, I like right away it's sort of interesting. Uh they got the Arcane Archer lore, which is pretty neat. You gain either prestidigitation or druidcraft as cantrips. I That's imagine you go press the digitation though. I think it's way more generally useful in yeah. almost all some videos. Yeah. So yeah, we we were you, talking you about that in in every spell class caster class. We're talking about like how useful a like just generic prestidigitation, thaumaturgy, guidance, mage hand, like one of those four are like kind of like the most important ones as far as yeah. non damage dealing ones. They allow you to do so many things in uh, crazy, like just social situations. Presentation yeah. just allows, like, opens the book on all kinds of bullcrap. Just like, just ask, just say the word. I'm going to cast prestidigitation, prestidigitation, and then just say whatever you want, and then dare the DM. <laughs> yeah, right. you can't like, I'm going to do something weird now. Uh, and then they get their other main feature, which defines this class, and is why... We also like, get the proficiency in either the Arcana or... Oh, Arcana and or Nature. Uh, either one. Both are whatever. Yeah. I don't know. They're, yeah, they're, they're both intelligence they're skills, good. which you are not good at as a fighter. Yeah, so it's not it's not honestly going to push the needle most ways. But this is their Arcane Shot ability. Uh, and it kind of screwed it up, but... Here's what it is. Uh, you'll gain this feature. You go, you'll gain two arcane shot options of your choice. We'll go through those options in a minute. Once per turn, when you fire an arrow from a short bow or long bow as part of the attack action, you can apply an arcane shot option to that arrow. You decide to use this option when the arrow hits. Unless it doesn't involve an attack roll, you have two uses of this ability and will regain it when you gain a short rest. You go, you'll gain... An additional option of your choice at 7th, 10th, 15th, and 18th. So you'll have a lot of options, 
However, it never goes beyond two. Yep. And Why? And you can't use them twice turn. So if Why doesn't it go beyond two? Look, I, I don't know. Did they? That's so little. That like two rounds, and I my subclass is gone. It's gone. It's it's literally two Why? rounds of combat. Like if Why? if any combat at lasts, least make your proficiency bonus at right least. exactly at least. If anybody in my game said I want to play arcane archer, that's the, that's what I would do. The first change you have to make. I mean, like. God, that's got to feel horrible at 15th level. The rounds, I mean, the combat's lasting longer than People two are rounds. casting 8th level spells, <laughs> and you're just like... Mm. And also, I don't care if these arcane shots say, like, you kill them. You d- delete someone. It's still like, you only get two. It's not good. Yeah, it says so each option also improves when you come an 18th level fighter? Yeah, like, like, so how do they not improve at all? At, like, level 10. <laughs> just like, like I'm, the only thing I'm fine with is like gaining the additional shots at the levels they specified. Like this, yeah, this is like fine. like warlocks get more spell slots. Imagine if yeah. imagine if you're a level like 18 and you still only have two spell slots. Because I would also, you know, what else I would Why? specify too is like you can only have two options prepared at any time, right? But, like, I wouldn't yeah. lock my Arcane Archer into, like, nope, choose two at third level, and that's it. Until <laughs> seven, like, that's yeah. all. No, yeah. like, short rest, change whatever arrows out you want, right? It's like, choose two shots. Just, if all of them, just use all, just have all oh, the options. Oh, you think just, like, these should always be prepared. Like, see, unless there's level requirements, which I kind of forget, or if you're, <laughs> that's true. Um, no, but, they all just improve at 18th level, and it's usually yeah. It, it's definitely one of those, like, it almost should be like preparing spells when you're a cleric. Just be like, you have all of them available. Just at long rest, choose two. Because yeah. you, I'm going to guess, uh, because I'm a good podcaster, I've definitely researched it beforehand. It didn't happen. Um, but, like, there's, like, with spells, Fireball is the best third level spell. For damage. Right. So there's probably, if there is one of these, that's one of your options. So, like, you only have one other option to choose from to, like, make your character unique. Otherwise, there's going to be, there's going to be, right. there's like... There's going to be one best arrow. I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. of the options, one's going to be the best. Of, Otherwise, like, I need to do damage right now. Yeah, the, the pound is going to be, like... They're, 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 we're shooting, like, bow shots right now. So, yeah, I probably am in a situation where I need to do damage, right? I'm going to need to do damage. <laughs> Because I'm shooting a bow, and then it's going to be like, well, okay, I am the uh, Gloomstalker Ranger. I also get an additional attack, and I do additional D8 of damage, and I didn't cast any spells. I'm going to cast uh, Hunter's Mark, I get additional D6 damage, and it's just like, wait, he gets attacked like three times? Like, <laughs> I'm just doing like Arcane Archer. Oh, he succeeded a, because he's a boss. Oh man, he succeeded like a, a, a DC... 13 strength check to entangle him oh no he succeeded that's it for me can't do anything (laughs) this turn i'll just shoot him twice more it's just like 
Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's class these over. Let's go over some of the arcane options. Yeah, let's go. Maybe, maybe there's some really, really cool ones that were... Also, you had mentioned uh, at the top, too, by the way, that like we probably won't have a high intelligence. Well, there's a really good reason that we do want a high intelligence. Mm. And that's because the saves, if any of these arrows require a save, the DC is going to equal 8 plus proficiency bonus plus intelligence modifier. That's true. So, so you are going to want a high intelligence on this character. And this means that you're going to be wanting a, a uh, like, um, whatever your, uh, your weapon proficiency is, strength or dex, and intelligence. And, like, let's be honest, probably constitution? Like, sure. You're... You're, I guess if you're a ranger, like a range class, you don't really care about hit points as much. So you're now like a two uh, stat. Yeah, you could probably mostly focus on dex and, and, and intelligence. Because um, you would want, being a saving throw, you want it to be really high. You want it to be as high as possible. Yeah, because... Savings are really important. There is, there's just a point, there's just a point where it's just like, man, a DC 14 is just not going to cut it. It's, yeah, right, exactly. It's, it's almost never going to cut it. it. It's like, yeah, it's never going to be enough. Like, yeah, we need to pump that up. Uh, there's a big difference between 14 and 16. Of, yeah. Like, you want this guy to actually fail? Yeah, you need that to be a legit number. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first of the choices is the Banishing Arrow. You use Observation Magic to temporarily banish your target to a harmless location in the Feywild. If it's hit by the arrow, it must succeed on a Charisma save, or it will be banished. Its speed is zero and incapacitated, and at the end of turn, it'll reappear in its space vacated or in the nearest unoccupied space that it's occupied. Uh, at 18th, no damage associated with it until zero 18th level, and then they yeah. tack on 2d6. Only at 18th level, they tack that on. And so, reading all that, that sounds good. But. Yeah, like, banishing. I mean, yeah, because that could delete something for a whole turn cycle. Yeah, the. Um, Interesting. So this, this this one is pretty good. Now you need to know first of all, like at the order of of the initiative, because basically to maximize the effectiveness of this, since it returns to the end of its turn, so it doesn't work like right. if it goes spell, next, it probably won't do as yeah. Much. <laughs> so you're always going to hold your action to be like I'm yeah. going to hold my action till his uh, the end of his turn. And then you could banish him, and then everybody could just essentially hold their action till it comes back. Then it wastes its turn. It comes back. Everybody gangs up on him. This one is like kind of the one I was talking about. Where like this one seems really good. This is but this is a really good one. Yeah, this can set up good scenarios. It seems worthy of like a twice a day kind of deal, right? Where it's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense to do that only twice a day. Otherwise, you're just sitting there like one by one being like. Banish that. All right, we're all gonna. Yeah, so we're gonna like that. <laughs> I I was gonna kill it next turn anyway. Well, another one that's a super reliant right on these saving throws. So like, yep. yeah, you're gonna need that intelligence high if you want yeah. these things. To, you to do work. fully have to say I'm gonna use. And this not only relies on that, but but you to hit as well. So like you, yeah. you your modifier two rolls. Like yeah, banishment the spell at fourth level. You just get to be like I uh, asked to see the Christmas saving throw. But that's one roll. Mm-hmm. And you get to... You have to hit first. Yeah, imagine if this just said, when you hit with it, it's banished for a turn. And then every at the end of each of its turns, it has yeah. to exceed a Christmas saving throw. That would because be Because that still requires one roll. <laughs> yeah, single roll. Because it requires roll, you to hit. 
Exactly. And that's the role that you're the maxed at. Like, yeah. are you really going to be like, I have a 13 dex, like a 10 strength, so I'm a dex fighter, and then like a 18 intelligence just to make sure this punishing arrow works? Like, no. No. <laughs> no. no. Uh, the next one's Beguiling Arrow. You have an enchantment to temporarily beguile the target. The creature hit by it will take an additional 2d6 psychic damage. And choose an ally within 30 feet of the target. That target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed by the chosen ally until the start of your next turn. The effect will end early if the chosen ally uh, if, if the chosen ally attacks the charm target or deals damage to the thing or forces it to make a saving throw. So basically it'll unlock the charm if that ally you chose that charmed it does anything harm before. That's true to charming effects. Yeah. So this also sounds pretty good because you think about the mechanics of how it's going to work. Like, okay, right. I'm going to shoot this arrow at this this uh, target who is attacking you, Brett. Um, now it's charmed by you, so it can't attack you. Then you could run away to attack some other target. Um, unfortunately, it almost does nothing other than just add 2d6 when it's a boss or a single encounter. Because, like, okay, yeah. Brett... I, you're a paladin. I am a, uh, I'm this arcane archer. I use beguiling shot. It works. And you're like, I mean, I'm going to attack it. Like, yeah. I mean, it might, might not be the end of the road though. you like, you already outlined a scenario in which it's good, which means no, no, no. like, that's true. It's a fine arrow then. It's like, you know, like who cares if it's not good in every situation? Like, I think that's perfectly fine. The, what it does, it seems like a really strong effect in those scenarios where you need to charm something for a second, like, that's next to your wizard about to die? Like, oh shit, let me charm that thing real quick. That's All right, true. wizard. That, so, that's true. It is somewhat useful, but, like, at level three, like, this is your second mm-hmm. turn in combat, and, like, let's say you use Banishing Arrow, succeeds the, the saving throw. Like, are you really going to be using beguiling arrow like banishing arrow does the same thing yeah but didn't add the damage it didn't add the damage didn't add the damage also wisdom saves different than a charisma save so i things can come up you know it's not like things things are different sometimes you know we i don't know that how you would know that it's worse at wisdom than it is at charisma but (laughs) yeah it's a possibility it's not to say this is completely useless i I think this is fine where it sits is probably fine it it does suffer from this subclass being you. Like, you basically don't have all cast. these arrows. Like I like what you said. Like well, yeah, why not give them access to all of them forever? Immediately, yeah. You're, like yeah, like it's not gonna. It's, it's, like it's, it's gonna end up not mattering. Maybe yeah. So like let them have this arrow in Hawkeye's quiver because exactly. whatever. Like you only get to use two for short rest yeah. anyway. Yeah, which we got to up that. I mean, that's that's it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> that's fine at level four, or like whatever you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Level it's two fine is perfectly at... fine when your proficiency bonus is two. As soon as it's more than that, this should go up. Yeah, sure. exactly. People are casting uh, bursting spells. Bursting arrow, imbue your arrow with a force of energy. The arrow detonates after your attack. Immediately after the arrow hits the creature, every creature within ten feet of it takes two d six. So very self explanatory. This one makes sense. It's like my my little AOE trick. It's not enough damage, I would say. Like yeah, like again, yeah, level three. If this, this one's like so focused on like this is my AOE one here, I but you're like you're looking down at some of the list and you're like, 
most of my arrows do this damage anyway. Like, even the last one already added the same amount of damage. Like, you're only adding 2d6 to anything. Of yeah. Like, I feel like it should go up a little bit. At level 5, Maybe Hunter's Mark... I'd be happy. I don't know. Like, Hunter's Mark does the same thing. Because Hunter Mark is 1d6 at level 5. You get to do it twice sure. if you hit twice. Only the one if, time. If you hit twice. But, yeah. But, like, but also, are you, like, the the situation we just outlined, where Brett the Paladin is in melee, are you gonna use this on somebody? Because that means you're yeah, it's a, it's a rare scenario. It's got to be one of the scenarios where the enemies are somehow bunched up and exactly. away from you, and, and you're the first person to go. It's a very niche situation where this comes up. It's like first round of combat. Are they all bunched together? Boom, yeah, they use it. done. But I, feel, I still feel like they should have added a little more damage just to separate it as like, like even a viable option if that's not the case. Like, like, oh, maybe I'm only hitting one other thing. I'll still use the bursting arrow because... I have one d six more of damage that I can do. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, like little extra. Would two d ten damage be that crazy? Like, yeah. L- luckily, so. it, this this has no save. Right. No that save. is that is grace. It's like automatically going to do that damage, which that's is true. nice. I like that part of it. But okay. yeah, but that's, why, that's why I think I'd be happy with three d six. Like you know, it's, it's not not outwardly more than whatever. It, it should else. be like n d six, where n is your proficiency bonus. That could be too, yeah. Maybe like, like that. See, the thing is, is two d six. We're talking about level like four characters, level three, and that's fine. But like, imagine level sure. fifteen. You're like, I don't care. Yeah, that is fine. Yeah, it, it, this gets like, phased out rather quickly. Yeah. It's like, and, and, and it doesn't here? doesn't bump up to forty six till eighteen. And at eighteenth level, like, fuck it, you're so fighting Tiamat. Like, cool, <laughs> Tiamat is gonna yeah. gain like. Uh, 50 hit points per turn. Like, okay, I guess. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Not enough. What are you not doing? They got, to, they got to adjust a lot of numbers here. Yeah. Uh, the Enfeebling Arrow is a 2d6 necrotic damage extra. They have to succeed, which does not take into effect the save. It just... Uh, no, damage. Hmm. And then they have to uh. succeed on a wisdom save or the damage dealt by the weapon attacks is halved. Until the next of the next. So, so yeah, it, the, 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 the 2d6 the, damage the is damage is there. Yeah. The necrotic the damage is there. We'll take the necrotic damage. The con save determines whether or not they're going to do half damage on their next turn. Which, this is like the best one. This is good against bosses for sure, right? Yeah, like, half uh, damage? It like, says specifically what? weapons attacks, but like, yeah, you'd probably say, right. like, yeah, That's if you're most... doing damage to you, it's half. That one, yeah. It, like, most I mean, bosses are weapon attacks, unless they're wizards. Yeah, it, was, it would have to be like, like a bite counts as a weapon attack, right? You know what I mean? Yep. Like if it's a dragon, he obviously isn't holding a freaking axe, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, technically, claw attacks are unarmed and therefore are not yeah, weapon like, attacks. So, I don't know, like, it would make no sense. By the way, arrow, yeah, they're weak right now. Claw attacks are weapon attacks, but yeah, exactly, like. The yeah. dragon you're attacking. Just to clarify, it's other like, than it weapon- sounds so odd, right? Like yeah. call it a weapon attack, and like yeah, I I, I kind of like to clear all that out. Holding a weapon, like <laughs> I I I forget if they cleared up, but just like make unarmed weapons attacks, weapon attacks, weapon attacks. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah. just clear that up, and then everything's fine. But yeah, this <laughs> one is really good. Like that's, it just that's, that'll come straight two d six damage. Now, also you said though. It's funny that they made this con save, though. Generally, bosses are notably good at con saves. So, like, yeah. 
Yeah. We'll probably save anyway. Uh, probably save. And yeah. also, bosses will have legendary resistances, so they're probably so, going to use it on this. Exactly. That's and, good I, and that is kind of a good thing to bring up because it's like you're, this is one of those things that it might not ever happen, but if it burns a legendary resistance, that's kind of a win. That feels free. Yeah, still good. Still because good. then, remember, it only takes a couple legendary resistances burned. You have a monk in there, they burn them, and then, like, bam, maze. Your yeah, boss we can is get done. there. Like, yeah. you're good. With that said, I, I don't think I've ever been part of a fight where we got through all the legendaries. But... Well, that, that's on you guys. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You, you guys tried, have... You guys have so, I... Uh, that's going to be, maybe that'll be another section about uh, how bosses and magic interact and how I think it's kind of a little bit of balance, a little bit, where I'm I'm planning on changing and how my bosses are going to be moving forward. Sure, but yeah, yeah, you guys have been like, legendary reasons are OP, and we are going to just do damage. And it works. It, it works. works, yeah. Or okay, like, right. so buff the next one is a- uh, the Grasping Arrow, when this arrow strikes a target, Conjuration Magic creates a Grasping Poisonous Bramble. So you guessed it, it does an extra 2d6 poison damage. Uh, its speed is reduced by 10 feet, and it'll take 2d6 slashing damage the first time on its turn if it moves one or more feet without teleporting. The target or any creature that can reach it, can use its action to remove the brambles with a successful strength check against your arcane shot save DC. Otherwise, they'll last for a minute or until you use this option again. This seems really good, actually. If you can hold them down for a while, this seems really... Because they they do not want to move if... I mean, maybe they do and they take See, the extra dude these It's probably not too big of a punishment. I wish so, it was, like, automatically a 2d6 unless they get rid of it. Yeah, again, man, at, like, level 5, the bosses are like, man, do we really want to take an extra, like, essentially 4d6 damage, but, like, or uh, 2d6 damage, but, like, if a boss has, you know, 150 hit points, like, it should be like, okay. Yeah, that'll just move through it. Just go, alright, I'll take the damage. Alright, move. Yeah. And it's only reduced by 10 feet at that point. Like, yeah, exactly. Severely hamper. It's still, it's okay. It's good. Poison I wish damage. it was a little better. I wish it was a little better. I wish yeah. things just need to be adjusted. It's, it's, I know. Like things here and there they need to tweak. It's like so close. It's so it's close so to close. being okay. Yeah, because like the extra poison damage, like there's a lot of bosses and creatures that are. Just, I would have commented on that too. I've dealt with this firsthand, and like I have a character that does poison damage with his attacks, and it almost always gets prevented. I, Almost uh, always. And it's, it's it's really funny because you're like, how come everything's poison? And at first I was like, haha, player being complaining. And then I was looking, I was like, Everything he's is right. Everything's just immune to poison, to poison damage. Like everything for like for like no reason. It's like yeah, hey, like I get everything. that I get that dragons are immune to fire damage. Got it. Sure. Understood. <laughs> but why are like like the Why are demons people. immune to poison Demon? damage? Yeah, fiends! Fiends! Like, all they're fiends. like, oh, they're all immune to poison what? damage. What? But not yeah. fire damage, but... 
like, oh, this this demon lives in the cold, but he's not immune to cold damage, but he's immune to poison for some reason. I I'm just like, that's making even sense. Something like a, a zombie, like yeah, a guy maybe necrotic, I'd get, but like poison, like why right, exactly, like in it is necrotic <laughs> magic or whatever, and it's like, oh well, the blood carries the poison. It's like no, it's it's like it. why if it's dead, why does any damage affect? <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, dead, yeah, like. like Slashing it open does it like how how <laughs> that's, that's should do blood loss and cutting the tendons matter, but if it's been the, if it's a skeleton, why does it care if its tendons are cut? It doesn't yeah. matter. Like why is it immune to poison at that point? But anyway. But anyway, yeah. Uh, we'll move to the next arrow. We gotta get through this arcane archer. The the piercing arrow is the next one. When you choose this option, you don't make an attack roll for the attack. Instead, the arrow fires it forward in a line. Uh, one foot wide by 30 feet long. So it becomes a lightning bolt, essentially. Uh-huh. Uh, the arrow passes harmlessly through objects, ignoring cover. Each object in that line, instead of you making an attack roll, they'll make dex saves. And on failed saves, uh, they will take damage as if they were hit by the arrow, plus 1d6 uh, piercing damage. Uh, on a successful save, they'll still take half the damage. So it's literally a lightning bolt. Like Yeah, it's a mini lightning bolt. And so if, if the, the astute listener will notice that each arrow has uh, is a, uh, ascribed to one of the schools of magic. Uh, oh, sure, yeah. This one was trans, transmutation, transmutation. Grasping was conjuration. Enfeebling was necrotic. Bursting was evocation. Beguiling was enchantment. Banishing was abjuration. Exactly. And that will continue. We're left with divination and illusion. Yes, um, this is pretty cool because it auto deals damage on a fighter, which I don't think like you know what that being that being said, just real quick, that's another good reason that they should just have access to all of them as like this like magical right. It's like, am I really gonna learn all these magical techniques and be cut off from certain? Like, yeah, it's like oh, like, oh I chose banishing and enfeebling arrow. It's just like oh well. Man, you didn't learn transportation management. A homebrew of this entire class where like you choose those two schools of magic and that allows you to like now have spell casting in those schools kind right. of deal. Right. Yeah. So at least you get like, yeah, you only get to use two uses of these arrows, but you're also a half spell caster now. Where yeah. you get to like cast in that exactly. school of magic. And think about like the uh, battle singer wizard. It's like you're a full wizard, but you also are just like you can use your intelligence instead of dex, my guy. It's just totally fine. Yeah, or, yeah, or like I, right. I don't know if yeah. that's true. I forgot if that's true, but it's just like also you're just safe. You get to add your intelligence to AC. You're good. You don't need armor or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get yeah. all this stuff. You can just like add your intelligence to damage. You can just we do have this we stuff. have quite a few feelings about this class as it sits. Let's finish up with arrows. Uh, the Seeking Arrow is Divination Magic. Uh, you can seek out your target and it allows the arrow to curve and twist its path. Uh, you don't make an attack roll for the attack. Instead, you choose a creature you've seen within the past minute and the arrow's going to go get that creature. Moving around corners if necessary, the target has to make a deck save instead. On a failed save, it's going to take the hit by that arrow plus an extra D6 force damage. And you learn the location, which is hilarious. So it's going to go find that thing. Yeah. Of course, it only stated only if you've seen it in the last minute. But it'll work against something that, like, teleported. Like, you just saw the thing. You can fire your seeking arrow and it yeah. can go find it. 
And on a successful um, save, it takes half damage. So it auto-deals damage. This and you don't learn its location. But, and you don't learn its location. But it still gets hit by it. Yeah. This is awesome. This, seems this is sweet. cool. Yeah, this is a really cool addition to the class. Yeah. This is kind of but like I in... I think they did okay uh, with it. They just like failed on like balancing the class. They yeah, just, because like... I think it's cool. You're level 15, and you're fighting people where you don't need it, and you just use this as one of your abilities. You're just like... I mean, it's additional 1d6. Yeah, yeah. The, again, the, the balancing is just so wrong. Finally, the Shadow Arrow, the Illusion Magic one. Uh, if they get hit, it does 2d6 extra psychic damage. They have to make a Wisdom save, and if they fail, they can't see anything farther than 5 feet away from them for the next turn. That's cool. This is blinds pretty good. Yeah, blind, yeah, basically blinds them for a turn. That's super sweet. So another pretty debilitating effect. This I is mean, like the amazing really against Wizards. Yeah. Overall, like, the on hits are pretty strong. They just like they require a lot, which makes sense. They they all require saves, so you want your saves to be super high. And that's totally the fair. Yeah, yeah. If if I were if I were the DM and you're like, hey, you came to me like, hey, can I? I really love the options of being an arcane archer, but they're just yeah, like not good you. enough. Like, what can we do? I'd be like, okay. At beginning of long rest, you can choose a number equal to your proficiency bonus. You can use a number of equal to proficiency bonus per short rest. And I would also say I I would let them, like, whatever their attack modifier be also their save modifier. Like, or, like, if they use dex, if they're a dex archer, use, instead of intelligence, be their dex thing, so that way they can just kind of, like, do whatever they want. That That's... that's Kind of optional on the list because it's I would not... want them to build intelligence, though. I would. You want, want them, them to build intelligence? That's yeah, fair. I would. I would. I yeah. I I, I feel like hey, like you want to be this class, then yeah, try go for it. Like try, actually try. That's, that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's but yeah, class. and maybe have the uh, additional damage also go up by proficiency. Definitely. I well. think it's perfectly serviceable at third level, but like after that, we got to talk about it. Because like, come on, yeah. Because like, man, waiting to eighteenth level before it's like forty forty six doesn't mean anything. Right? We have a bunch of other classes that like when they bump up in power, probably so should these abilities. For example, like a rogue gets an additional dice on his thing. Maybe not a rogue in particular, but uh, because those are only D fours. But you know what I'm saying? Like they go up twice in their D fours. Yeah. Like they should get an additional D six on theirs. The yeah, it. Because Rogue is uh, their uh, stink attack dice is I think it's half their level. Um, running okay. down, so like maybe that's what this is. Like they have an arcane archer die count instead of yeah, exactly like something right. like that. Um, uh, we got to finish up what else they give you in this class because it's pretty quick. It's pretty short. Most of the class is baked into obviously those shots. Uh, seventh level I'd like actually. They, they maybe should have baked this in the class a little earlier. Seventh feels kind of late for the magic arrow. It basically allows you to infuse uh, your arrows with magic, so any non-magical arrow fired from your short bow or longbow counts as magical, overcoming resistance and immunities. That's Super nice. sweet. Um, I love that. I, I think it maybe like fifth would have been better than seventh. I, but... I think for monks, it's sixth level where your unarmed okay. strikes become magical. Okay. So it's, it's just, just a, like it's just a single level behind, maybe yeah. part most of the curve of that. And like our, so, yeah. your arcane shots are magical at this point. Are already magical, yeah. So you at least had two of them when you yep. needed them. But yeah, okay. So maybe seventh is fine for that. You also get the curving shot. 
Uh, whenever you make an attack roll with a magic arrow and miss, you can use a bonus action to re-roll the attack target against a different target within 60 feet. That's hilarious. I love, I, I love this uh, so much. He's basically like, okay. oh, I, I meant to hit this guy. I meant to hit this guy over here. I swear. Uh, I'm going to actually, uh, I, did, I did roll three. I rolled a 15. Uh, uh, is that 17 to hit on this other guy? That's totally really funny. That's really funny. You're just like, I'm going to bend it to that guy. Yeah, that's that's I love this one. I think this one should stay. This is great. Wanted uh, with Angelina Jolie was, was totally based on Arcane Archer. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and then finally, at fifteenth level, they give you the Ever Ready Shot, which allows you to when you roll initiative, if you have no Arcane shots left, you gain one back, which is probably not enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> I no. just say like remove that. Add like way more. Yeah, in general for their class, like just add the, and and give them something else at fifteen. I don't know. So yeah, there there's so many rules of like core and the even the first like three four years of D and D development, which are based on uh, how many encounters per session. That just isn't reality. Like at level fifteen, <laughs> there are you're either so powerful that your base class is just going to destroy people, or you need to use like every. Like there, there are very few encounters that are worth the time of the session that either like don't challenge your party or you know like don't warrant a short rest afterwards. So it's like, right. oh man, we're traveling to another town. Like, ooh, a dragon attacks you because of some random stuff. It's like, well, you're traveling to another town. You're gonna be able to take out a short rest, and then you get all your arcane shots back anyway. It's just right. like, <laughs> like the only time with this ever comes up is if you have already gotten to a fight and you use both your arcane shots and you didn't have a chance to take a short rest. And, like, at level 15, that's just, like, not going to happen in my experience too often. And it's not it's not going to move the needle, honestly, even if it does. Like, yeah. Okay, you got to use it once. Shot back, at level right? 15, someone's doing, like, oh, I do, like, their, your paladin is doing, like, oh, I deal initial, like, 5d8 damage. And I'm going to attack again. Do another 5d8 damage. And you're like, well, I deal 2d6. <laughs> oh, oh but half that because he's... Those he's numbers did. are brutal. Uh, At 15, it. those numbers are brutal. They have to be adjusted. I mean, there's just no way. It's it, 2d6 extra damage level 15. Uh, as the class sits, are you, what, are, you, are you giving it a straight F, Eric? F. It, th this is... Oh! I wouldn't give it an F. I think I like this class. I just, they 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 fuck okay, so bad. I'll I'll give it a D because it it gives you enough to be like, hey DM, can like like what we said. Can we just say yeah. set a set number to get you with proficiency bonus? And they go, okay, sure. Then the rest of it's fine. Like so, so it's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I would give it yeah D plus. You, you have plus minus. I mean, like. They gave you prestidigitation at third level, right? So you have a lot of flexibility out of combat. Just right. alone. As a fighter, a that's awesome. You get a full yeah. skill. Yeah, Ooh. really nice to have that free cantrip on a fighter. And, it, and at so, level three, cool. if it's a level three one-shot, that's actually really good. That's really good. Yeah, at level yeah. three one-shot. Yeah, to have so, like that ability, that cantrip and access to two of these arrows. Actually, up to like level, level five, three. it's also good. Because like for one... Sure. 
turn, you can just yeah. Like, I, I, like, I love three. Arcane Archer probably legit <laughs> at level three, just because yeah. fighters legit. So like, fighter is just awesome because you, yeah, <laughs> fighters just amazing. So just having access to two of these crazy arrows, you can just one shot the boss at level three probably. Yeah, like, action surge to do it again. Wild. Like that's pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, so really good. It just obviously falls off. Like they, it just falls off so hard. Yeah, it's like one of the best ones until level. I'd say like up to seventh, you're okay. Because even at seventh, they gave you two really good abilities in Magic Arrow Kirby Shot. So like up to then, you're feeling, and you unlocked a third option of an arcane arrow at seventh. Yeah. So you're feeling good at seventh, and then past seventh, it's just a downhill slope. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone else is like, oh, like I got this like magic weapon that does like what you do, but better. Yeah, but or, if you're going up to seventh level, I'd say yeah. you could stick with this class and you'll be fine. Yep, you I agree. Cool yeah, that's, that's a good point. So I'll say a solid D instead of an F. <laughs> hey, I got him to a D, guys. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with that, we'll move on to the next subclass. Party. Ah. Yeah.